This episode of the Commerce Marketer Podcast is brought to you by the Bronto Marketing Platform, a flexible yet powerful software that helps you grow revenue, save time, and optimize marketing resources. If you're interested in making sophisticated email marketing easy, visit Bronto.com. That's B-R-O-N-T-O.com. Augmented reality has been touted as one of the next big things in retails for some years, but it's had little widespread adoption, especially for online retailers. Using tech to find ways to increase sales in AOV is critical. One way to do that is by making customers feel confident in the purchase they're making. This is one area AR can fit the bill. Welcome inside the Commerce Marketer Podcast Studio. I'm your host, Greg Zakwitz, and today we're going to discuss how one company uses AR and 3D product images to drive customer engagement and sales and provide a better online shopping experience. To join me to talk about this, I welcome to the show the CEO of 10th Street Hats, Carson Finkel. Welcome to the show, Carson. Thanks for being here. Hey, Greg. Uh, I'm excited to be on the uh, podcast. Thanks for having me. No problem. It's going to be an awesome one. Could you give us just a real quick background about who 10th Street Hats is and what your typical customer looks like? Yeah, 10th Street Hats has been around for a little less than two years, and it's the direct-to-consumer brand for Dorfman Pacific, which is our parent company. That's been around since 1921, but only been in the brick and mortar wholesale business for almost 100 years. And we were tasked with launching a brand for them uh, to sell their hats online. So I like to say right now, 10th Street is kind of like a, a Nordstrom for hats. We don't have 10th Street branded products yet, but I'm hoping in the future uh, we will. Very cool. And how about your customer? Is it pretty well balanced between male, female, any particular age group? Or what are you guys generally finding that you're hitting right now? Yeah, great question. Right now, it is our best customer seems to be an older male in more to give specifics on ages, more 40 plus. And also we do very well with the African-American community. And so we really tailored some of our marketing and messaging towards that audience. But Another thing I noticed, we did start growing the business a lot from an AdWords, Google perspective. And I think the the consumer that's going to go into, you know, the Google search and put in, you know, beach hats or like men's hats is, I would say, more on the, the older side. And I think uh, so we started on the, the demand capture growing the business. But as we continue growing out our paid social on Facebook and Instagram, we're going to branch out to younger audience and definitely focus more on bringing in the female side, but that's where we stand right now. Awesome. So I came across an article somewhere about using AR on the website and I went and tested it out. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. So, you know, we go to these trade shows. I think we were both at IRC and kept missing each other there, but you see these vendors there with 3D product images and things like that. What about the AR technology interested you to say, hey, you know what, that would be really good on our website. Like what was that genesis of that? Yeah, I love telling this story that um, it was July of last year, actually was on the golf course and with a group of buddies and we got paired up with a single who ended up being a consultant for the AR company we use called Vertebrae. They're based in Santa Monica, California, and I'm based in Los Angeles as well. And we started talking about what we did and he explained their you know, technology and that they were working with some sunglass companies. And he's like, you know, would you consider using it for hats? And I was kind of light bulb went off. I'm like, you know what? I think that could definitely work. Let's test it out. So they did some mock demos um, of creating some hats for us so we could test out. And I was very impressed. And when I showed some of the other executives at the company, there really was a wow factor that we all had. And I immediately 
yeah, wanted to test it out. To be honest, a little skeptical on like what the numbers were going to show from uh, impact on the site, but just the differentiating factor for the brand and having that wow component, definitely wanted to give it a go. So do you think that guy just hangs out as a single on a golf course, hoping to get paired up with people and start <laughs> conversations there? Because that's the first thought I had. You know, what's funny is I've now seen this, I think Friday afternoons, early afternoons, I think there are people on the course specifically looking to strike up deals because uh, <laughs> that seems to be like whoever can get off early on a Friday and go get some golf in typically might have some higher decision power <laughs> within the company. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I don't know specifically, but it, it could be true. That's not a bad approach. Carson, can you talk a minute, try to explain what, the, I think most people probably get it, but can you explain what the AR technology is? Like what, what, is that, what does that look like on the website for the end user? Yeah, so there's there's two components. The 3D modeling of the hat is a big one. So when you land on a product page, instead of seeing, you know, a static 2D image, you'll see a 3D model of the hat that you can uh, move around, zoom in on, look underneath the hat. And from there, we've noticed that when you have that more sticky engagement, uh, you're going to have a higher conversion rate. So just showing that uh, that element is great. And then if you want to go into the try-on experience, we have a a try it on button that launches into a web browser based uh, virtual try on experience. And that was another big reason why we went with vertebrae instead of some other companies. Cause there are some, some good app based virtual try on specifically the best I've seen is Warby Parker. I think they have an incredible app for trying on their, their glasses. But for me, I didn't want to disrupt the user experience and leave the site to go download something. So the fact that they can stay web browser base, go into this virtual try-on experience, and then you can see the hat on yourself and check it out, kind of similar to a Snapchat filter. And if you want, you can take a photo of it. Yeah, so when the people that do go all the way down the engagement funnel, the further you go, the more likely you are to convert. So that's strong numbers there. And you mentioned with the 3D product image that you can kind of flip the hat upside down. Do you guys have the ability to monitor and measure how people are turning the hat. Do you have insight into that at all? Yeah, great question. That is coming. Uh, the, the platform that, that Vertebrae has, which has been an exciting part of the journey because you know it's, it's still a very new space and there's constant improvements on the platform. And we actually had a new update uh, less than a month ago that improved everything. So when you when you land on the page, it will prompt you with, letting you know you can kind of drag over it and, and you know entice you to activate and start messing around with the product but it's coming that we will be able to get data on what parts of the hat people are interested in you know how many people actually flip it under to see what's underneath you know what part of the hat are they zooming in on so that type of data we will be able to collect in the future awesome so you're on the golf course meet this guy he tells you about it and you say okay send me some stuff and they do some mock-ups for you show it to you know the board and everyone gets excited about it. The decision to go into this, I'm thinking from a business perspective, was it when you guys all looked at this and said, okay, we're, we're going to be able to increase sales from this, or we're going to minimize returns from this, or we can get people to buy more things. So we increase the average order value by doing this. What was the, the initial goal there? Was it just a sales type thing? Or were you looking at a multitude of things, making the decision to actually implement it? Yeah, there was three parts for me. One, yeah, definitely, you know, at the end of the day, 
is this going to increase sales? Is it going to increase our conversion rate? Is it going to offer a better customer experience? And the hypothesis would be yes. Two, because it was so new, I thought it could be a great PR piece for us, <laughs> to be honest. So we did get some PR from it, which was great. And then also it's the memorable factor and the differentiator to remember because it's it's very still uh, yeah, not common that you see it on people's websites. So even if somebody didn't buy, there is that or the first time they're on the site, they're like, wow, that was cool. I'll remember 10th Street. I tried on that hat and maybe they tell their friends about it. So for me, it was the differentiator, the sales side, and then as a, uh, a press element for us. How easy has it been to work with? Because I've got to believe that between scanning hats and things like that, there's going to be a little bit of, I don't say labor cut, but there's a little bit of grunt work for lack of a better term. You guys have a, a large product set. Like how easy was it to actually implement? I'm going to talk about like the API or technology side, but to actually get things scanned and, and uploaded and, and the technology implemented, was that a pretty easy process? Was it kind of, hey, that's okay. It was expected or was it more challenging? Yeah, that, that was one I was very pleasantly surprised on the ease, to be honest, because I knew nothing about you know, AR and 3D modeling. It was very foreign to me. But for us, having a product that we could ship to Vertebrae, we shipped our hats and they did the 3D modeling for us based on the, the physical products. And it was pretty seamless. So okay. I'm happy to say that that part was easy. And you mentioned earlier, if I got the dates right, I'm an old man with a bad memory now, but you said it's been on the website for about a year now. I think you said July last year, correct? So July was when I uh, first- Oh, you met them. Okay. Yeah. But I, I will tell you, the, we tested out one product the first time in September of last year. That was the first time any 3D product made it onto the site. And then from then, we've continued to add more uh, products and SKUs. I will say something that I now, you know, learning like when you're in fashion and apparel, you, you know, it's seasonal, you, you come in new styles and once they're sold out, they're, they're not coming back. So that's where I honestly have to be careful a little bit on what hats we invest in, because I'd, I'd much rather have a product that's a little more evergreen and going to be in the line for a couple of years so that the investment cost on developing the 3D asset has some legs versus something that's just going to be on the site for you know, a couple months and then it's sold out and gone. It's like, all right, that's kind of a bummer that we invested that cost on the asset creation. So just something to note for people that are looking to to get into it. No, it's a, it's a good point. And maybe, and maybe that's why you don't have a lot of retailers using it. It doesn't sound like it might be the cheapest thing out there. You don't have to get in the cost or anything like that, but I, it's a good note for people to say, you know what, hey, don't worry about the seasonal stuff. Worry about kind of your core products there. So I think it's, dependent from product to product and how expensive it is to create the asset. And it's not, I'm not saying it's crazy expensive, but it's just something to take into account. I look at our content creation costs just as a whole, the cost of getting just photos and part of your photo shoots that can then be plugged in and used for emails and Facebook ads and website imagery and all that. And then just taking into account the total cost of the content creation side more so in general, just something to be aware of. Yeah. Well, it makes sense too. It's a good, good business point for people. All right. So let's talk about it. You, you implemented, you've had going for almost a year now, although a year ago was kind of, like you said, it was one product to start with and you've uh, slowly expanded out there. So I, I've got to assume you have some data points over the last year or so. 
What are some things you guys have noticed with it? Has it helped with certain things and maybe not so much others? So like, are we looking at, let's start with conversions. Do you find that it's maybe increased conversions or increased average order value or any sort of metric that you think a business person would be interested in? Can you talk through some of that? Yeah, absolutely. What we found, and again, I I was a little skeptical on like what the numbers were going to turn out to be, but when somebody decides to engage interacting with the 3d model automatically right there the the conversion rate goes up if they didn't otherwise and then if you go into the virtual trial and experience it goes up if you take a picture then it goes up so it just goes to show anything that you can engage your consumer more the better so for us it was um yeah the numbers really rang true and there was a recent case study that we rolled out uh, actually while we were in Chicago for the IRCE event. And it was recently got put in a couple of publications because I don't have the numbers in front of me specifically, but uh, there was a good, uh, definitely a good increase. Anything that maybe you saw either go down or you maybe expected a bigger increase, but it kind of stayed flat. Anything jump off the page you're there? Yeah, pretty much relatively that that was the case. And once we saw the numbers because I got to see some things before the full case study of where things were trending. So we really wanted to highlight this capability. And that's another thing to take into account, how are you going to merchandise this on your site? So we have product badges and one of our hats can be living on a multitude of different collection pages amongst other hats that don't have the 3D AR capabilities, but we have a product badge that is attached to that hat. So anywhere it is, you'll, you'll know it has that capability. And then we also on our homepage, one of our main blocks highlights, you know, to go in and experience the 3D aspect. So we really now try to drive more traffic to get into that this arena. Um, and I think for us, we're going to continue to do so and try to build out some more, at least increase our, our catalog skew in, in regards to what has the 3D and AR capabilities. So here's a question for you. As far as cross-promotion goes, do you guys have a welcome series sending or a welcome message sending when someone signs up for email program? Yes. To your point on like how else can you engage someone cross-promoting this, this capability, it is we have a style quiz on our website as one of the homepage blocks and then a pop-up. And on in this style quiz, you answer a bunch of questions and based on your questions, you get dynamically pulled in content personalized to you uh, on, on a landing page. And one of those questions is, are you interested in AR virtual try-on? And if you click yes, you'll get served a content block that has that like to drive you to that collection page. And also when you sign up or when you take the quiz, you give your email and go into a custom welcome series. And in that welcome series, we do highlight the, uh, the 3D AR capabilities. Okay. And do you highlight that for contacts who are, who don't go through the style quiz, but still sign up for emails? Yeah. So the only, uh, the only, I guess to make sure I understand your question, like the only time someone goes in a welcome series currently is through the style quiz. Okay. So I guess right now, yeah, there's not another way from an email perspective that someone would know about it in regards to other crop promotional elements. We are discussing kind of coming out with like a video ad that would be kind of a mashup of video recordings of people trying all different hats and 
to kind of create a matchup of like a 30 second thing that, you know, you're seeing a bunch of different faces and different hats, people trying it on and using that potentially as a, a prospecting ad. Um, I think it could be pretty engaging. It looks very organic and user generated to entice people to come test it out. And then I do know Facebook is having some beta partners test ad units that uh, are specifically for virtual try-on. So I'm hoping that we can, uh, <laughs> when that comes out, that we'll, we'll be on board for that. And there's something else in the marketplace we're talking about, like, you know, promoting an ad perspective and, you know, getting people to uh, know, know more about it that Google announced, I want to say like three months ago, I believe it was in June, that if you have that 3D AR capabilities on your site, you would get rewarded in Google's algorithm. And I think the future is if you were to go to search, you know, beach hats, yeah, you get your normal kind of like Google shopping ads, but then also a 3D asset or a 3D hat would pull in. And then if you were to click on it, that would take you directly into the try on experience to try on that hat. And for me, that's kind of a future step that I think that's a great user experience. And I'm hoping that we can uh, be on the forefront of that. That's really cool. I like the Google aspect of it. Now you talked about Facebook supporting, if I heard correctly, virtual ads on there. So do you know what that looks like already? Would it be something where you see the ad and you could do the, like a virtual hat fitting right on the Facebook platform? Exactly. Or? Exactly. Okay. That's cool. I want to circle back to my original point with the welcome series, and this is more uh, of a comment than anything, but you, you had mentioned before that people that you engage with the virtual try on tend to convert better. And it, to, you know, the theory would be they're more qualified of a buyer because they're actively shopping for something, putting time into it. And I wonder if, you know, everyone who's getting a welcome message, just generic welcome message, send it for email program. Hey, welcome to 10th street hats. By the way, we got this virtual try on. I wonder if you get more engagement that way because you're driving people there, but they're not necessarily qualified shoppers. It was just something that came to mind for me. So Yeah, that's a good point. For me, I guess right now is I think the more people getting there, the better, whether they can maybe consider qualified or not. So I would agree with you. That I, I think that is a good point that I could, we could we could look into the numbers a little more segmented on how people are getting to that page and you know where where they originally came from and if there's some insights there to be had that we could uh, potentially optimize and help out from a conversion funnel standpoint. Absolutely. You had mentioned a couple of times, and I want to get back to it now, when you're using the virtual try-on, there's an ability to take a photograph of yourself wearing the hat so you have it there afterward. But within that, there's also, after you photograph it, there's an opportunity or an option to share an Instagram. And I believe by doing that and tagging, you get maybe 20% off or some sort of discount. I don't know if it's still there or not, but yeah, uh, it I'm, was. I'm smiling right now that you bring this up because that was an idea I had. I was like, oh man, this is going to be great because we we really don't discount a little bit here and there, like in through emails on like 24 hour sense of urgency, but we really don't promote discounting. But I was like, that'd be great. If somebody shares on Instagram, we'll entice them. We'll give them a discount. The hard thing is that Instagram's API, is not open for us to integrate. So unlike like Facebook, you have like the one click button, it'll take you in that you can share, but people sharing on Facebook, I'm like, yeah, the impact of that, like, yeah, I don't think it's going to do anything. So I was really excited that, oh, maybe somebody would share and we'd get some traction on Instagram. Yeah, pretty much nobody was doing that. <laughs> like nobody <laughs> nobody was like taking the screenshot, going to Instagram and uploading it to, to get it to discount. You know, it was a hope, but because no one was using it, we actually took it off. 
from a messaging standpoint. So not there anymore. Okay. This is what happens when you prep six weeks ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so can you guys track how many people actually take pictures of themselves? Yep. That's where the deeper down the engagement, the more likely they're going to buy. So yeah, I wish I had the, the numbers, but it was cool to see the people that actually all the way down and then took a photo of themselves. Those had by far the the highest likelihood uh, to convert. We were talking offline, but well, maybe we weren't. I don't know. My, again, my bad memory here. You mentioned earlier, you generally have 40 plus male, but you are working on kind of skewing younger. Have you found that this technology in whatever trackable way has helped you gain traction with a younger audience or is that still undetermined? Great question. And I think something that based on your kind of what I would assume hypothesis and mine as well, that that this could be a great way to bring in the younger millennial audience because they're the Snapchat users, so to speak, that are you know used to interacting and checking themselves out using filters and everything. I actually would guess that the the percentage of people that would use the technology would go up once we started going after the younger audience. But to this date, we haven't done any measurement on that specifically. But yeah, that's where I think uh, that potentially using a prospecting ad that highlights the, uh, you know, a video of people using it um, against a younger audience could perform very well for us. Very cool. And then I want to touch on a couple other things on the website as well, but was there anything surprising that you've learned or maybe saw, but didn't expect would happen after you guys have implemented the functionality? And that could be a positive thing. It could be a negative thing, or it could be, huh, that's interesting. Anything jump off the page to you? Surprisingly, the numbers, you know, when you go use it, it's, it's, it's not a perfect experience. You know, the, the technology is not there yet where it's like the virtual try on is seamless. You know, like I said, like the, the best I've seen from an e-commerce perspective, I would probably give the nod to Warby Parker, but it's app-based and, you know, a little more technology going on there. So I was a little like, all right, how much is it going to impact? But the numbers spoke for themselves and I was very much pleasantly surprised. And it's cool to see that the further down the engagement someone goes, they're not doing it, you know, just because like they're going to buy. So for us, it's like having this option for people to use on the site versus not definitely gets the check mark for us to, to keep it on it and invest more in it. That's awesome. And when you go through the checkout, you guys also have a buy now, pay later option. And you give kind of, it's like a net 30 days, if, if you will. What's the reasoning behind the offering? Was it because the e-com platform allowed it or was there something a little more strategic that you found with your audience that you, you feel it can increase sales? Yeah, I think in general, like how can you remove any barriers or hesitations to somebody to buy and something with sizing, especially, you know, like I think with hats, people want to try it on. So that's why we, we partnered with Klarna as we use as our, our pay later. And I love the fact that it is a 30 day, which mimics our 30 day kind of like you can return the product. So we can come out with a messaging of $0 checkout, free returns both ways, try before you buy. You literally, we will send you the product. You can try it on. You don't like it. You can send it back and you will have to pay zero in that entire experience. So I was really big on it. Like I was really excited to be honest, not as many people, the percentage wise use that to check out my hypothesis as to what, cause we have it pretty loud and clear on the site of like, Hey, we have this option. 
a little bit what I think is it's based on our current audience of who we're going after. I think just the older male has disposable income and they're they're fine with just paying outright. I think as we start to go after a younger audience, you know, a little less disposable income and they might take advantage of that option and not have to uh, pull out their credit card right out the gate. I've got to imagine for you guys, it's also a benefit if someone does return something because then you don't have to deal with you know, credit card processing fees and chargeback fees and things like that. So I've got to believe from a business sense, you know, you kind of look at that and go, oh, that's not bad on our side if we can make it work. So, you know, we look at augmented reality, we look at 3D product images, we look at buy now, pay later options. If you look at it, you're kind of focused on like this modern day customer experience. How do we, you mentioned it, remove the obstacles to conversion. Is there anything you see as kind of a next step for improving the online shopping experience for customers? And that could be whether it's better sizing guys or anything? Is there something that you look at and say, you know what, that's really interesting, whether we're there already or not? Is there something that jumps off? Be like, I want to see how that evolves. Yeah, for me, how personalized can you make the experience really one of one? You know, for us to really know specifically who we're going to be bringing to the website, having that message, like I look at it really trying to optimize the customer journey from the very first touch point all the way down to the conversion. Okay, this is the type of audience we're going after. Very specific messaging to them on the ads when they get to the site. That's what I do love about the style quiz is one, we can collect some amazing data on our customer and specifically to, to that. And then I'll get back to kind of like the personalization. Like there's one question on the quiz that I care about the most. It's how often do you wear hats? So I think our options are like daily or almost daily, a couple of times a month couple times a year, almost never. The people that fill out daily or almost daily, that is my customer. That is the person I want to target and go after because they're going to be repeat buyers. So their lifetime value is going to be much, much higher than anybody else. If like we can convert those people, we're going to be doing very well. And so, I mean, we launched this quiz last week. And my hope is once we get enough emails that have that specific answer, like I to get 3,000 emails that somebody's clicked, I wear hats daily, take that email list, upload it to Facebook, create a lookalike, start going after more people like that. So that from a collecting data standpoint, how can you use it to grow the business? But then when they fill out the quiz, we now get to give them a very tailored experience to help guide them on their journey to find you know, the perfect hat for them. But that's been my main focus now. And in the welcome series they get, you actually... Right now, we have six different welcome series based on how you fill out the quiz. Awesome. So again, that's personalized content based on how you filled out the quiz. So how can we really tailor that journey? And I think that's what's going to win out at the end. So uh, that's my main focus right now is definitely just that that customizing that user experience that really is tailored uh, kind of that one-on-one. That's very cool. So while you were speaking, uh, probably the last few minutes, I was going through and actually taking the quiz, walking through it. So my style is classic. Carson, just in case okay. you're curious. <laughs> I don't think I'm your customer here though. So I'll give my email address so you don't look like me. Waste uh, a dollar. Nice. I'm happy you'll uh you'll go through the welcome series and would love to uh know what you think. So I will <laughs> funny, Oh yeah, go ahead. I mean interrupt. I was gonna say like a lot of what we have talked about is in the welcome series. Like one of the emails is specifically highlighting our buy now, pay later. So uh, we really try to hit those uh, points on things we've discussed on this podcast. So the one thing I thought was cool, I'll give you, we'll talk about offline about feedback and everything. One thing I thought was cool during the 
uh, the style quiz was, it said, do you know your hat size? And I, I clicked no, because I don't. And it said, do you want us to send you a, a hat sizing guide to your house? You know, so I thought that was kind of cool. Do you guys, do you guys send that out a lot? Or is that something new that was part of the quiz? Yep. It's funny. At the very beginning, when we started coming out, uh, you know, the ideation of 10th Street, you know, what what is something that we can differentiate ourselves? And a lot of people don't know their hat size. So we developed these hat sizing kits and actually they're great. It's something you just slip on your, it's what, uh, if you've ever been to like a lids store, like retail, you go yep. in, um, the workers have these lanyards on that they can just take off and cinch around your head and it'll tell you exactly where your hat size instantly. So we, we created custom those with 10th street branded and everything, but I hadn't found a good way to utilize them. We've sent them out here and there, but I'm like, once the style quiz got into effect, I'm like, Oh, this is perfect. It's like, somebody doesn't know their hat size. We're going to send them the, this uh, hat sizing kit. And that's another thing I'm, we're going to be measuring is I think we're going to send out a thousand and based on once those are done sending out, we're going to remove that option from the quiz and then see from these thousand addresses that we've sent to what percentage of those people bought, because obviously it's a cost to us to ship something out to them. So that's definitely something I'm excited to see because if it performs well, and um, I think somebody almost feels indebted to us in a way that we can like gifted them an option to really like, Hey, like now, you know, your hat size, I think down the road, we'll start developing a little more like profiles around our customers. And again, from the style quiz, all of that data on those, on those questions links up to their email profile. So now I know that what colors they're interested in, what events they wear hats at, do they use it for some protection? So again, we can tailor the messaging in our emails specifically to them. So yeah, I'll, I'll report back on how the uh, the hat sizing kits go, but uh, I'm excited to see see how it plays out. You know, it'd be super cool. And this is there's probably not a whole lot of business use case out of this, but I would love to know like conversion rates of people of different size hats. So even though you might have like I don't know 36 or whatever is maybe your number one seller, but maybe more people have 36s in the world than a 32. And you, like I would love to know, hey, if we send an email to a 32 and a half. I'm just making up numbers. I'm assuming that's a hat size. I'm just going based on old baseball cap sizes. But you know, the guy who wears a 32 and a half converts at a 7% rate where your 36 converts at a 4% rate. To me, that, that would be interesting. I don't know how you put that in the practical use, but. I have an internal hypothesis that, and this is very early on me seeing what sizes people are filling out, that a lot of people have to, fairly large head to be honest like the double up <laughs> and above and knowing from our some customer service inquiries we get that question a lot and that's why we we actually have a collection called big head hats and we just the the hats that live in that collection are any hat that we have that does have the 2xl or above size i do think that customer specifically is a little more apt to buy because they're limited they, they, they're kind of like almost special, like they need a bigger hat. So the fact that if we can deliver them a bigger hat, that they've typically had a hard time to find, I think they're going to be more apt to buy. So, but again, something uh, I'll have to report back to you on. I'm going to try to hit you up for another piece of advice. You gave a good piece of advice before saying, okay, we measure the cost of which products we want to put onto the augmented reality thing. You said, hey, we try to avoid seasonal stuff because it sells out, it's gone. So you're more evergreen type stuff. Is there another piece of advice you might give to someone who might be considering implementing technology like this on their own site? I would definitely say test something small. Just know that's why we did one hat. 
you know, I didn't want to put a big, large upfront cost on something that really wasn't going to pan out for us. And I don't think AR and 3D is for every business, but and maybe it could be and it's a different, you know, angle of how it's presented, but I definitely think it's worth a test. And if you can work with a partner that's willing to maybe create one asset for you, and if the test goes well, you know, then the proof's there that you can then roll it out and it's worthwhile investment. But yeah, just test it out, you know, with one, one product, one SKU, something, and uh, start collecting a little bit of data. And I think the numbers will speak for themselves one way or another. Awesome. Very cool. Carson, what did I neglect to ask you today on the, the topic? My voice is, excuse me, my voice is shooting on me. What did I neglect to ask you today that you feel might be important for listeners to know if there is anything? Oh, very open-ended. Um, I would say if you're in the e-commerce space, just really focusing on that customer journey, but each stage, how can you improve it just that much better? So I just came from a, a conference that really a little more tailored towards, you know, a typical sales organization, but at each stage, like how can you increase your leads by just 10% more, you know, and then you go all the way down. So for us, it's like your ads, however, whatever your traffic channels are focused just on that, maybe for, for a week, like how can we make that 5%, 10% better? Okay. On site, how can we get five or 10% more emails? How can we get 10% better opens on each email in the welcome series? And the compounding effect on each and you know, then you go into the retargeting, like the whole customer journey, just implementing to optimize each stage, I think will really pay dividends in the long run. Cause it's not a race. It's a kind of marathon in this and the little increments to make it better in the end, I think is what's really going to win out. Very good advice. Do you mind talking just for a second about where you're seeing the most success from an online marketing channel is right now. So I most companies I speak with, we'll say between email and paid search are kind of their two bread and butters. And then you get social ads and things like that. Do you guys kind of fall into that same category? Yeah. In general, I think something that we really, I don't want to say hit a home run, but invested in at the beginning that's paid off hugely for us is our SEO. Organically, our traffic month over month continues to increase because we, when we analyze the marketplace on how people search for hats, I mean, we went, deep in every possible which way. And we built out our site, like the blueprint of the website in conjunction to, to capture all of that. So we have, you know, over 300 plus collection pages corresponding to how people search for hats online. So you can take one hat and merchandise it across, you know, 20, 30 different collections. So doing that legwork at the very beginning before launching the site and then producing content and our PR outreach and blogger outreach to drive links, not just to the homepage and product pages, but specifically all those different collection pages has been a huge win for us. So just a traffic channel that I think gets neglected sometimes because more of the long-term and it's hard to see the, the payout would be that. But otherwise, yeah, all the paid channels, I think we're all in it together. I mean, Facebook kind of has its ups and downs. AdWords for us is what we we first started in and has always seen pretty good success there. And for us, I'm really this whole quiz to drive more email. I'll be focusing that on a lot more to uh, kind of help drive conversions. That's a good cue up. So episode 56 of the Commerce Marketer podcast talks all about SEO for commerce. So uh, nice plug there. I appreciate that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Carson, you got a couple minutes to stick around and answer a couple non-business related questions? Yeah, absolutely. 
Cool, man. What's your uh, favorite LA restaurant? Oh, I'm a sucker for sushi. I And it's something that I can eat routinely, like once a week. So I love sugarfish. Okay. If you haven't been, highly, highly recommend it. And another one would probably be uh, Manhattan Beach Post or MB Post in the in the South Bay for people who are in Southern California. It's a uh, yeah rotating seasonal menu and it, it always delivers. Excellent. Do you have any surprising or interesting fact about yourself? Uh, I guess that there's a lot of surprising, interesting things. <laughs> uh, Let's I keep it clean here, Carson. Most uh, top of mind, I'm getting married. I'm getting married in 29 days. So. I'm congratulations. Uh, thank you. I'm really excited to uh, yeah start that new chapter and celebrate with friends and family. So yeah, that'll be a big uh, life change. Excellent. It's a good change. Yeah. What's your go-to pizza topping? Anything meat related. Honestly, you throw throw meat on you know meat, cheese, and bread, tomato sauce. I'm gonna be a happy camper. So more meat on the on the pizza, the better. All right. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Any rationale to why? Because it's just. Sandwich, for some reason, I think it's <laughs> almost like a it's like a horizontal thing, not and like okay, and like you consider I guess a hoagie, but no, hot dog's a hot dog. It's in its own category. Good enough. Is brunch overrated? Definitely not. Uh, any, I'm I'm a big believer that day drinking is a lot better than nighttime drinking. Way better experiences, memories. So yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm a big fan of brunch. Do you need the food to? a day drink <laughs> uh no i mean you, you don't need that <laughs> yeah you, you can just uh i guess brunch is a good excuse to get together with friends and day drink so that you're not okay. as a degenerate with your friends just day drinking just a day drink fair enough <laughs> almost done here do you say niche or niche niche very good and carson are you familiar with family feud a little bit but yes no I, i'm familiar Okay, so I'm going to do a completely arbitrary game here. I'm going to give you 25 seconds, and I'm going to ask you to get 120 points. I've got five questions for you, and we'll see if you can get it. Sound good? Sounds great. Fire away. All right, let's start. Name something people are often chased by in a movie. Uh, Bad guy. Uh, Name something a customer might do to annoy a waitress. Uh, Leave a bad tip. Name something people like to do when they listen to music. Dance. Name the most annoying thing that other drivers do on the road. Honk their horn. Name something that's filtered. Water. All right, it's 29 seconds, but I'm going to give it to you. Now, this is where my planning here went back, so now I've got to do math on the fly. (laughs) Let's go backwards here. Water, number one answer. i got to get a calculator out. Yeah, this this was probably a poor... Poor game to do. All right, water, number one answer. Would you say cut you off for driving? I said honk. Honk. You got zero there. Oh. Name something people like to do when they listen to music. And you said dance. You got eight points. That seems like a no-brainer, right? Something customer might do a bad tip. Uh, let's see, 35. That's a good one. Yeah, this might be the last time I play this game, Carson. And then Bad Guys was there. That's 10. That gets you 102. Now, the surprising thing here is I think Family Feud, if you get 100 per person, you get the 200, you win. I I did an ambiguous 120. So I'll make you a winner. You crossed 100 point. Right. How about that? <laughs> what was the Bad Guy score? I feel like that was a bad answer. 
but I, maybe 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 it played. Bad guys was ten, so number one was monsters, and that was thirty-seven. God, it's funny. I... So when monsters, cars, cops, bad guys, dogs. Got it. It's funny. Monsters was on the. I thought monsters. I'm like, no, not monsters. Bad guys. So gotta go. Gotta <laughs> go with my gut instinct. Now, see if I would have given that to you, you would have crossed the one twenty threshold. There so you we, go. We could, we could say you won two times today. <laughs> All right, Carson. Any questions for me, man? Um, how has it been running this podcast? Uh, the podcast has been, I'd say, ninety percent good. <laughs> so I do everything soup the nuts, right? So everything is great except for the editing part. The editing is the most time-consuming part and probably uh, tedious part to it. So if you take that out of it. I actually love doing it. It's fun. You would think I'd be better at it with the interviewing and everything, but it's been really good. I mean, we're, we just published, uh, you know, this is gonna, these things are pre-recorded. I think everyone knows that. So we just published episode 56 this past week. So we've been going for, uh, over two years now. So, so far so good. And, uh, you know, I get to ask people really weird questions at the end, which is always nice. No fun stuff. Well, I, I enjoyed it. Good, man. I appreciate you taking the time. We've been trying to schedule this thing for like two and a half months. So uh, it worked out pretty well for us. I think we eventually got here. So I appreciate you taking the time to come on. Uh, Carson, we are going to have info in the episode description on how to contact you. If someone does want to reach out to either you or the company, what's the best way for them to uh, to get a hold of you? Yeah, LinkedIn. You can just search my name, Carson, and last name Finkel, F-I-N-K-L-E, or just search 10 Street Hats. But LinkedIn is my most preferred way of communication. You can check out the website, 10 Street Hats, and I uh, would love to hear uh, people's feedback. Awesome. Carson Fickle, everyone, CEO of 10th Street Hats. Carson, thank you for your time. I enjoy the conversation today. And to those listening, especially our of the week, Julianne from Nashville. If you want to be the listener of the week, let me know you've tuned in. And if you're interested in telling your e-commerce or email marketing story, I'd love to hear from you as well. Until next time, have a great day and be kind to one another. <laughs>